0: Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the best year ever, which is what we're studying. That's what we've called our series in Luke's Gospel that we're doing this term. Um, if you missed last week, don't worry. I'm going to do a little recap, and we'll hit the ground running, so you'll you'll figure out what's going on. Uh, before we start, let's pray. Lord God Almighty, we praise you as the King of all creation. There isn't a question as to whether you're the King. You are the King you made everything. There is no other God. There is, there is just you. But we pray that you would help us to see what it means now that your King has come, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to see what it means for us to follow other kings, to be in other kingdoms. And please draw us tonight by faith to put all our hope and trust in the amazing, powerful, kind, compassionate, divine King Jesus. Please help us not to assume that we've fully understood Jesus, but to see more of him today and be amazed again in his power. We ask this in Jesus' precious and powerful name. Amen. Amen. All right, uh, let me do a little recap for what we did last week. We were kicking off in Luke chapter 4. Um, please open your Bibles as well. It's helpful to have... Book open as well as having the passage in your book look, because you can see context then, and context is important for understanding the Bible. If we don't have context, we do silly things. Okay? So uh Luke chapter four, page one oh three one. And we've started at Luke chapter four, verse fourteen. And we're gonna go through to the end of chapter six. And in verse fourteen, Jesus begins his ministry, and he lays out who he is and what he's gonna do. And we saw last week how Luke the big theme of Luke is fulfilment. It's at the beginning of the book, it's at the end of the book and it's all the way through the middle. Luke's going, there's all these Old Testament promises or these hopes that God is going to come and he's going to rescue his people and bring his kingdom and Luke says it's here, it's happened, it's Jesus Christ and Jesus comes along saying it's here, it's happening, it's me. And that's particularly what we saw last time when Jesus opened up the scroll in the synagogue, read from Isaiah about this spirit anointed, anointing is what kings have, prophet king who's going to proclaim and bring God's kingdom. And he said "It's me, this is being fulfilled in your hearing. You see that in Luke chapter 4 verse 21. He began by saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That's like the key verse for our whole section. And the reason we call this the best year ever is because of what Jesus reads from in, in Isaiah, and this little bit at the end of, of that section, uh, chapter 4, verse 19, he's come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. This year, this, this expectation that built up in the book of Isaiah that there would come a new age, the age of salvation, the age of the reign and rescue of God, the good news of the kingdom would come. The king himself would come. And we're calling this the best year ever because this is when Jesus comes to save people, to set the prisoners free, to bring good news for the poor. And we saw how those images of the poor and the oppressed and the blind in Isaiah are images not only of those who are actually blind or uh, economically poor. And Jesus came for, for that dimension of our brokenness. But so much more, we are all needy. We are all broken because we've rejected God and then we hurt each other. And that is those full dimensions of our brokenness, vertical, horizontal. This king has come to fix with the best year ever. And so we have our summary, which I'm sure you can all remember from last time, but you will remember this by the end, okay? This is our summary of the whole section, that Jesus starts the best year ever with more people than ever in the kingdom of God forever. Okay? And as we go through tonight, I want you to be thinking, how does what we're seeing tap into this little summary? These are the themes we're going to see. How are we seeing Jesus start the best year ever for more people than ever in the kingdom of God forever? Let's say it all together, because it's fun to remember it, okay? Are you ready? Three, two, one. Jesus Jesus starts the best year ever with more people than ever ever, in the the kingdom of God forever. forever. Jesus starts the the best year ever, ever with more people than ever, in the kingdom of God forever. Easy peasy. So we've had Jesus announce who he is and what he's come to do. We saw in our study that people respond in all sorts of ways, eventually not so sure about him, rejecting him. And now, tonight, we're going to see Jesus starting to put this kingdom into practice. We're going to see him show that he is the one who can bring the best year ever. I wonder if you've ever seen someone do something so amazing and yet make it look so easy. Uh, Johnny was telling me about this video, and I looked it up, of Kevin Peterson, the cricketer, um, who puts on a blindfold. He basically puts on a hood over his entire face. Um, there's a machine which bowls a ball to him. He hears it go through. He doesn't see it on the first one. It bounces. He hears it. and He's like, okay. And then blindfolded, he like, next one hits it. Next one hits it. It's astounding. He doesn't see it at all. He's just just from what, just hearing it one time, and he nails it. If that was me, I would need to wear a lot of pads, okay? I'd would, would get hurt. But seriously, he just makes it, he's just such a pro. He makes it look so easy. And the thing is, when people make things look easy, um, but it's not, we can begin to think that it is actually easy. We can be fooled into that. Now, our story tonight, the little bit we're going to look at in a moment, is topped and tailed with amazement. Let's have a look at it. Luke chapter 4, verse 31. Look out for the amazement and look out for Jesus doing something amazing and yet kind of making it look easy. Luke chapter 4, verse 31. Then Jesus went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee. And on the Sabbath, he taught the people his teaching. They were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What words these are! With authority and power he gives orders to impure spirits, and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. We're going to stop there. Do you see the amazement at at the beginning, verse 32? They're amazed at his teaching, his words of authority. Then verse 36, what words are these? The people were amazed at the word that just drives out a demon. See, when Jesus speaks, he's like Kevin Peterson. He's like this pro cricketer. He just speaks and he just knocks it out of the park every time and he makes it look so easy. These words of authority which even drive out this demon. But don't be fooled. We should be amazed but not fooled into thinking that bringing the best year ever is just going to be this easy thing. What we need to do, and this is what we're going to do now, is to see just how hard it must have been for Jesus to do what he does. And when we see how powerful that is we see wow how amazing it is how easy he makes it look and then we'll be thinking about how amazing it is what Jesus can do for us so the first thing we see in this story as we get into it is this kingdom confrontation this is the first thing we see if you're taking notes these are our points kingdom confrontation so we've seen in Jesus' little manifesto, um, when his, his synagogue kind of speech, that he's come to proclaim good news for the poor, proclaim freedom for the prisoners, okay? And here, Jesus, with this demon-possessed man, is confronted by a bondage and an oppression worse than being in prison. This bondage is demonic. This man is possessed. What if you ever tried to just break a chain or cut a chain. Um, we were in Oxford the other day, and Vicky, my wife, foiled a guy who was trying to steal a bike. He had some pliers, and he was trying to cut. She's got guts. And I was like, oh, Vicky's talking to a guy and challenging him. Anyway, <laughs> but he was trying really hard with these pliers to cut through these this chain. Now, imagine how hard it must be to break the chains of dark spiritual forces who hate God and want to tie people like this man up. Imagine how hard that must be. So for Jesus to bring this best year ever and liberate men like this, that's not a small and easy thing. Because the opposition, the bondage is fierce and strong. So the coming of the kingdom of God in the best year ever with Jesus starts with this confrontation with another kingdom. The kingdom of Satan. The coming of the kingdom of God isn't going to be a walkover because there is this deep spiritual opposition. For the best year ever to start, the worst year ever, the reign of Satan has to end. So we have this kingdom confrontation straight away. First thing that happens. In fact, it's already happened because Jesus has been in the desert having a confrontation with Satan Okay, So we've already seen this. Now notice that there is a confrontation of spirits. Confrontation of spirits. Luke, leading up to this point, has emphasised that Jesus is the Spirit-anointed one. Filled with the Holy Spirit, he says it again and again. Turn back the page to chapter 3, verse 22. Chapter 3, verse 22. um, Jesus being baptised, heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. Turn over a page again to chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led the Spirit into the wilderness where he confronted Satan and won. <coughs> 4 verse 14, the beginning of our section, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Chapter 4 verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. You get the picture. So Jesus is the Spirit anointed one. And then 4 verse 33, back to our section, here is a man with a spirit. What kind of spirit does Jesus have? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who seeks what is good and pure and life-giving, setting free people. What kind of spirit does this man have? What's the word? An impure spirit. A spirit who seeks to destroy and bind and hold hostage. Do you reckon there might be some kind of confrontation between these two spirits? And you see the the confrontation in the way the demon reacts to Jesus. The demon, in this man, has been in the synagogue. So think about it. This man has been listening to the teaching of Jesus. And hearing this teaching, look at verse 34 and how he reacts. Crying at the top of his voice. Go away. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. The demon sees the kingdom confrontation when he hears Jesus' teaching and he knows who's going to win, doesn't he? He knows Jesus is going to win. How does he know that? Because he knows who Jesus is. I know who you are. The Holy One of God. He's on a mission to destroy us. This demon knows his stuff. He knows Jesus means war. This is... Lex Luthor when Superman walks in this is Loki when Hulk walks in he's he knows what's going to happen he knows he's going to get pummeled he knows who Jesus is so he knows what's coming the king of God's kingdom has come to confront the kingdom that this man belongs to this this demon belongs to so I want to ask us do we realise what deep trouble we're in that Jesus came to get us out out of with the best year ever? Do you have a sense of us being in trouble at all? Because I think it's easy to think that the problems in our lives and in our world are in some way superficial, so the solution then is superficial. You know, we need God's help, but just kind of to improve our behaviour a little bit, that's what we need, just to bit of behaviour modification, knock off some rough edges, skill up. Maybe you feel, as you know, we're pretty helpless. I see the pain, I see the suffering in my life, in our world. I see my part in causing it. But if you think that's the problem, you haven't gone far enough. This little section reveals to us the deep confrontation of kingdoms going on. That Satan is a real power who hates God. And his wonderful kingdom. Satan loves all that is opposite to God. So if God loves life, Satan loves death. If God loves truth, Satan loves lies. If God loves freedom, that's what Jesus came to bring. Satan loves oppression. Anything that's against God. Which sounds kind of freaky and weird and Satan, how do we come into that? Well, when we reject God's rule... When we reject God as king, it's not that we then step into this kind of neutral zone. Actually, the Bible says that we join another kingdom, Satan's kingdom, where we play by his rules now, a life of lies, of oppression, of not loving God, of death, which is why our world is the way it is. It's not that we're all demon-possessed, but we live in the worst year ever, playing by the rules of an unholy king. That's what's going on. And we all live in a kingdom. You need to know that. Every single one of us lives in a kingdom, either God's kingdom or Satan's. Kingdoms have a king and people in a place. And when we leave God the king, we live under this different way of rebellion. That's the situation that we're in. Now, why is that helpful? It's helpful for us to see that because then we realise, when you look at those words in verse eighteen about the the poor and the prisoners and the blind and the oppressed, you realise that's us. We're the oppressed. We're the prisoners who Jesus came to set free from the kingdom of Satan. Somehow, we need to get out of this kingdom under Satan. We need someone who's going to break us free so we can be forgiven and changed and set free to live in the kingdom of God. We need someone who's powerful enough to confront this other kingdom and get us out. Let's have a look at verse 35. And what we see after the kingdom confrontation is this crunch of kingdoms. Kingdom crunch, verse 35. Be quiet. Jesus said sternly, come out of him. And the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. What does Jesus do? He, he, he delivers this man. And it looks so easy. It's like Alexa easy. Alexa, expel that demon. You know, you now can do exorcisms just by sitting on your couch and saying, Alexa, do it. He, he just says it. It's like voice activated. It just happens. But don't be fooled just because Jesus wins so easily and without even breaking a sweat it doesn't mean that it was easy we can get so used to Jesus healing a guy driving out a demon mowing the lawn it's just like this thing that he does that it becomes kind of commonplace to us the fact that Jesus silences and drives out this demon just by speaking shows how how powerful his words are the battle wasn't easy it's just that Jesus is really really powerful think about it this way Think about Usain Bolt. He makes sprinting look easy. Okay, here he is. He's a man. Look at him. He makes it look easy. Now, there are two ways that Usain Bolt can make sprinting look easy. He could show us how amazing he is by sprinting against some 10-year-old schoolchildren. And be like, see you later, guys. And we will be like, wow, you're really much faster than they are. Or he could sprint against the 10 other fastest men in the world. And still make it look easy. And they'll be like, oh, you are really, really fast. I, I love that picture so much. She's just like, see you later, guys. He is such a cheeky man. <laughs> One of those is amazing. One of those not It is amazing when he beats the other fastest men in the world. Think about Jesus. Let's be clear that in this moment, he is taking on the toughest opposition, not the 10 year old school kids. He's taking on Satan. He's taking on demonic spirits and they're terrified of them and he goes, get out. 35, did you notice that little detail at the end of verse 35? He came out without injuring him. There's not even any collateral damage in this whole thing. The guy's absolutely fine. That's amazing. People get it, verse 36. The people were amazed. (laughs) What words and authority and power he gives orders to impure spirits. They just come out. Perhaps you've forgotten just how powerful the, the opposition to God's kingdom is, so you've then forgotten just how powerful Jesus must be to defeat them with just a word. When you realise how fast the opposition is, you realise how fast Bolt is. When you realise how powerful the kingdom of Satan is that we're part of, you realise how powerful King Jesus must be to break us out of it. Are you amazed at Jesus? Has this power become a place to you? Like the people, we should be amazed. But more than that, we should be convinced that this is the one, the only one, who can set us free from the oppressive kingdom and bring the best year ever in the kingdom of God forever. Can you see? He's clearly, hands down, the one you need to set you free from playing by the rules of Satan and bring you into the better kingdom of God and his love and his justice and his freedom and life. And here's the thing, if seeing this demon being driven out with a word isn't enough to persuade you, think where the story of Luke ends. Jesus does all these things, and where's he heading? He's heading towards the cross. That's the climax of this book, the death and resurrection of Jesus. And actually, spring forward to Luke 22, it says that Satan Satan makes another appearance. He entered Judas and led Judas to betray Jesus to the cross, to death. You see, we have this kingdom crunch here with the demon, but the kingdom confrontation and crunch is the cross. Satan is trying to kill off God's king so he doesn't bring the best year ever and he tries to do it through Judas's betrayal but even in that crunch moment Jesus is winning Ge- Satan's trying to kill Jesus off but that's the moment Jesus is winning the victory that's a golf shot, I don't know what I'm doing with that Jesus is smashing Satan at the cross he's actually in that moment of death establishing himself as king of the world and then he rises from the dead, victorious. He starts off by driving off de- driving out demons. He's going to finish by driving out death itself. What a king.. Fine, We've got a kingdom crossover, because there's something confusing about all this. If Jesus is so powerful why isn't the kingdom come fully? We don't experience total liberation from our sin, from pain, from playing by the rules of Satan. Satan still still seems to be ruling, and most of the world still seems to play by his rules. He still seems to be king. Now the key to this is understanding, remember our summary phrase, Jesus starts the best year ever. He has started it and he has secured it. You can see he starts it right here. That's what Jesus is showing us tonight. I I can do this. I'm starting it. I'm securing it. I'm the one who can deliver it. But it hasn't fully come. There's this crossover of kingdoms. Jesus is king. He wins the confrontation at the cross. He has risen. He has won. But until he returns, there's going to be this tension. We can be part of the best year ever right now today. But also, it hasn't come in full. Not yet. And those two words are going to be really helpful for us as we work through this section. Actually helpful for your life. The kingdom is now. But it's also not yet. There's this crossover between Satan's kingdom and rule, which will end. No doubt and God's kingdom. They cross over. Now you know that tension, don't you, in your life? You say, Jesus is my king. Satan's not my king anymore, yet you still find yourself playing by Satan's rules, don't you? You know that Jesus has forgiven you. You know you're not guilty, but you still find yourself feeling really guilty. The accusations from the accuser keep coming. Jesus brings healing. You're going to see that in a moment. But every Christian gets ill, and every Christian dies. The Holy Spirit is with you to help you to obey. He's in you to set you free and yet you still find yourself obeying the old way. There's this tension. Because Satan hasn't been fully destroyed, not yet. But can you see from this, his fate is certain. Because Jesus has come along, his days are numbered. So it's moments like this where Jesus displays that Satan is no match for him that mean that you and I throughout our whole lives through the ups and the downs can be certain God's kingdom will come. Jesus starts the best year ever and he brings more people than ever into the kingdom of God forever. It will last forever. It will win. I mean who could ever be the Jesus we encounter on the pages of Luke? Let's pray and put our trust together in this king. Let's pray. Lord God, we praise you for your power. The power that has come to earth in Jesus Christ. Thank you for Jesus' kindness to this man. That in real history on our planet, in our human history, this actually happened. This demon was driven out by Jesus Christ, just by a word. This This is a real kingdom. Thank you again that your kingdom is not some idea some theory for us to buy into but a reality for us to be part of by trusting in jesus and we praise you that jesus one day will come back and satan and his pretend throne will be banished forever all demons will be driven out all sicknesses will be healed all sin will be conquered and those who trust in you will live forever and i pray that you'd help us as we live in this tension this crossover of kingdoms to stick with this King who loves us and who can protect us. Lord, help us now. Thank you for each other in our groups. Thank you that we can open the word of Jesus together. So we pray that just as his word was powerful in that day to drive out that demon, his word right now would be powerful in our lives. That we would hear, believe and be set free. In Jesus' name, Amen.